Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, the fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, along with my guy, Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter, Ryan Horvath. Of course, check him out, BetQL Radio, with uh, the show BetMGM Tonight. Him, Nick Ashu, and Trista Crick uh, during the week, Monday through Friday week. Now, so we're watching the game. You can have that up maybe on your Odyssey app, uh, listening to them talk about in-game betting on different games, things that they like. So instead of just sitting on your couch, I'm making any money. They all can help you make some money while you're sitting on your couch. You can save up a little money on the side and have some spending money for Vegas the next time you go, whatever the case may be. I know you're heading out. Aren't you heading out to Vegas? coming up here Horva, at some point yeah opening weekend of march madness it looks like we're going to oh. be out in las vegas my hope is i'll be able to move around by then if still not, you're still struggling yeah still struggling i'm taking some steroids to help me walk and then i was on my last batch everything was feeling pretty good and then i realized once they wore off oh no i still can't move so another round and i'm hoping that with some physical therapy i'll be moving a little bit better because man it's like right around the corner we're taping this friday february 24th i can't believe we're already almost to march i'm like really finally just starting to get into college basketball because we've had so much going on nfl combines next week i can't I wait i know i'm more excited for the combine and the draft this year than i am the uh ncaa tournament yeah combine then we go into free agency somewhere in between all of that rogers makes a decision hopefully uh, and then away we go to the draft. And if they trade Rodgers, the draft is going to be even a bigger deal than it normally is around here for the Green Bay Packers. All right, lots to get to on, on today's show. Uh, fourth down aggressiveness uh, is put by Football Outsiders Aggressive Index concerning Matt LaFleur. We'll lead off with that. Also to get into a report about Alan Lazard and the Packers possibly talking about bringing him back. Ian Harditz, pro football focus, fantasy football guy. As we record this, I found out today is actually his last day. He's going to do something else. But either way, he put out a tweet a couple days ago uh, about his sources. He has no sources. He freely admitted those he is the sources. Uh, about wide receivers and NFL teams, the best fits for them. Uh, so we can go over that. And then if we have time, Today, uh, we will get into the athletic uh, NFL writers mock draft that they did. Matt Schneidman, obviously, drafting for the Packers. We can talk about the selections made uh, in that one if we have time. Also, uh, don't forget, uh, coming up on Monday, Jacob Westendorf uh, is going to join us. Him and Jacob Morley put out that great draft guide. Remember, Jacob Morley was our draft analyst last year on WSSP. Uh, he was on the big show uh, every week leading up to the draft. Really, really good stuff that him and Jacob Westendorf do. So we'll talk a lot of NFL draft with Jacob Westendorf coming up on the Monday edition of Curd and Long. All right. So according to Football Outsiders Aggressive Index, uh, Matt LaFleur ranked as the fifth most aggressive head coach on applicable fourth down situations last season. As Paul Brettel uh, writes, how this aggressive index works is 1.0 is considered average and measures how much more likely or less likely a coach is willing to go for it compared to his peers when in a specific situation. This metric also excludes certain obvious go-for-it situations, such as when a team is trailing late in the game in the final five minutes of the game or just seconds before halftime. LaFleur finished with an aggressive index of 1.40, meaning he was 40% more likely to go for it on fourth downs compared to an average coach facing the same situation. Out of 85 eligible fourth down scenarios, LaFleur went for it 19 times or at a rate of 22.4%, which was the third highest in 2022. He also went for 11 of 12 eligible fourth and one opportunities tied for the most in the National Football League. Now, the most aggressive guy is Sirianni. He was 
0.57 of Philadelphia. Now, over the last, I don't know, probably 10 years or so, uh, a lot of high school coaches have gone away kind of from punting and, and wanting to go for it on fourth downs. Um, we've seen more of it in college as well, and now it has seemingly crept its way into the NFL. Do you like LaFleur's aggressive nature on fourth down? Good thing or bad thing, Ryan Horvath? Good thing. Growing up, my grandfather, Gordy Gillespie, didn't kick field goals. Didn't matter if Julia Catholic was up 62 to nothing. They were going for two, and they rarely ever punted on fourth down. When they did, it was the Puma punt, so they'd give you an offensive look, and then it'd end up being a running back and would end up punting the ball to try to, you know, pin you but if you look at the last two years so LaFleur gets the job nothing really changed with the play calling other than the offense you lost Devontae Adams the offensive line play wasn't as good and man I really wanted A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both to be better on those short yardage situations but I mean teams were just able to really just stack the box against them and A.J. just didn't really hit the hole early on in the season they didn't use them the way I wanted to be honest like it was never Rodgers under center in I formation That's and for, you know single back handing the ball to A.J. Dillon it was always out of shock on halfback draw that's just not how you should be using A.J. Dillon but I had no problem with LaFleur being aggressive it was just the play calls at times you know that they were running on those fourth downs because the two years before that they were top 10 in conversion rate on fourth down. I like an aggressive head coach. Sometimes I watch the San Francisco 49ers. My only knock on Kyle Shanahan, I think sometimes he plays, he coaches scared. Uh, they punt on fourth and two, fourth and three. And the other thing with Green Bay this year, they really had to be aggressive, even though they didn't have the horses on offense because the defense was a huge letdown. And they were already on the field so much because the offense just couldn't sustain drives. They couldn't put up points this year. So you really had to be aggressive because you couldn't just send them back out on the field and say, hey, stop the run because they couldn't do that. They couldn't cover the middle of the field. So I have no issue with Matt LaFleur's aggressive nature on fourth down. At times, though, I did have an issue with the play calls or the personnel. You know, it's fourth and two. Why is Aaron Jones in the game? I want A.J. Dillon getting this carry or vice versa. Why are we going to the outside? Why is Rodgers on fourth and one chucking the ball 50 yards down the field to absolutely nobody? Is he changing the play at the line of scrimmage? Or is LaFleur calling that audible? Or is that is that the original play? Uh, I guess that was just my problem with the offense this year was more of the play calls and the personnel, but not how aggressive they were. I don't want I don't want LaFleur to change that. You know, it's interesting. Um, because during the course of the year, I guess I didn't mind it as much as I did mind it. You know, one way or the other, I don't remember having a lot of conversations, you and I arguing about whether or not he should have went for it on fourth down uh, from game to game. It really didn't come up a ton on the Curtin Long podcast throughout the year. Now, again, we didn't start right away during the course of the year. We started later in the season when we started this podcast going. It was like week five or something like that. But either way, uh, for most of the season, I don't think it really ever came up. Well, in this Paul Bridal uh, piece uh, that he wrote, uh, he writes that their success rate of 38.7% ranked 28th in the NFL last season, ahead of only New England, New Orleans, Chicago. And who do you think was dead last? What team do you think was dead last? Like New England, they were okay, not great. New Orleans was horrible. Chicago was horrible. And then the team that's last was actually good. Oh, on fourth down, that was, um. oh, I know this. Uh, it was the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Nope. Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Dead last. That That's crazy. And to me, if you're going to say, well, we're going to use analytics or we're going to use stats somewhat uh, in football, and I think that's the way we're going here. We're trying to get further and further down into that rabbit hole like basketball and baseball is to use analytics even more. 
if you're not going to be that effective on fourth down, does it really make sense to continue to go for it, Ryan? Because you pointed out, you don't have a problem with them going for it. You have a problem with the play calling and what they're doing in that situation. Yeah, but what was the alternative is you were going to punt the ball away and a team was just going to run clock and run the ball all over you. Because of that the was defense. The problem is the defense was just a huge letdown. So it was like – and the offense was too. So, I mean, it was just – again, like I have no problem with LaFleur being aggressive on fourth down. I had more of a problem a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game kicking that field goal and then Rodgers doesn't get the ball back. I thought that he coached scared in that moment when he, he did. had a Hall of Fame – you know, you had the MVP behind center, and I know he had a bad first half, but Rodgers was cooking in that second half. And you could say, okay, he's forcing the ball to Devontae Adams, but I would rather have him be aggressive, go for it, than kick that field goal and not get the ball back. You, you know what I'm saying? So I have no problem. Like, I like an aggressive head coach. I like what Sirianni's doing with Philadelphia, and that's the way the league is now. I mean, we were doing this – remember we were killing um, Brandon Staley last year because he kept going for it on fourth down – he was getting too cute. And then this year, he almost coached scared. Like, they settled for a lot of field goals, especially in that uh, playoff loss yeah. uh, against the Jags. You know, he, he settled for all those field goals. We almost bullied him into that. So, I have no problem with LaFleur being aggressive. Again, I just – I wish that he could have just, you know, went back and saw that there were certain things that weren't working all season long. Because when we got to week eight, week nine, and they were still running the same stuff over and over – I mean, that's the definition of insanity. You just keep doing the same thing. Nothing was working. And then later on in the season, they changed the offense. And all of a sudden, Rodgers is under center again. And they're running the football. And they go on that four or five-week stretch where they were actually scoring some points. Yeah, You know, after that big win against Miami. But the season was already lost by then. Also, Wait, this. yeah. We covered in 2023. Let's say they do trade Rodgers. By the way, he's out of his 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 darkness retreat, his hole or whatever. I, there's a great story on ESPN, not the one with Schefter. There's another one, and I don't remember who the author was, but it's awesome. It talks it, they they interview the owner uh, of the retreat in Oregon, um, and these like huts or whatever are built into like I don't know mountains or whatever the case may be. But I mean, what I envisioned in my head and what I actually saw the picture to look like, it's actually pretty okay. I mean, you got your own bathroom, you got like a big old bathtub or whatever in there, you got a bed, you have a yoga mat, all that stuff. There's lights in there you can turn on yourself and turn off if you need a break or whatever. So there's nothing like that. Now, the whole bringing food once a day to give you your whole day worth of meals, that seems a little weird. Uh, and then the owner will like talk to you. And the owner says, like, sometimes uh, the person on the other side will only want to talk for a couple minutes. Sometimes I'm talking to them for like 20 minutes, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where they're at or whatever in there. Uh, but either way, so he's out. Rogers is. So at some point we'll get his announcement. But let's say he says, okay, I'm done. Trade me anywhere, but I'm not playing here. Fine. If Jordan Love is the quarterback, do you want Matt LaFleur to be as aggressive in these situations with Jordan Love, first year NFL starter? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, can I ask a question before I answer? Is the defense the question, defense the that we expected from last year or is the defense the defense that we had last year? 
Like, are they, are Joe they Barry's a defensive coordinator? So take from it what you want. Are they a top 20 defense? If they're a yes. top 20 defense, I don't think, okay. Then I don't think that. Yeah. I mean, you're probably not going to be as aggressive. Year one with Jordan love. He'll probably play the field position game. You know, this is going to be a running team that wins because of defense. I thought that's that's what we were doing with Matt LaFleur, right. and that was why A.J. Dillon was drafted in the second round. You just paid Aaron Jones, even though he took a hometown discount, which I don't think he should have done. I don't think any running back should ever do that because these teams have no loyalty. If Aaron Jones snaps his knee, the Packers aren't going to be loyal to him, so I don't think he should have been loyal to them, but he was. Good for him. Love to see it. But, I mean, you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You know, you're paying money to Elton Jenkins, and they're probably not going to cut David Bakhtiari. He's most likely back. So, yeah, no, then things probably change. You won't be as aggressive. But you can't – I don't want him – I don't want him turning into Bill Belichick, though, either, from a couple of years ago where it's fourth and one and you're punting yep. midfield. Like, I don't know. I think you got to kind of uh, – you gotta, it, it's you gotta go with the flow of the game. I think Lafleur needs to be better there. That's his thing. He's really good when everything's on script. It's the same thing as Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, though. Like their in-game decision making isn't the best. Yep, makes sense. I don't disagree with you either. Uh, all right, topic number two. Uh, a report out. I believe it was by Matt Lombardo, if I am remember correctly. Let me yeah. just double check that. Matt Lombardo. Uh, is the one that reported that he was hearing that the Packers and Alan Lazard uh, were talking about possibly resigning. He's a senior NFL reporter for Heavy on Sports. I follow him on Twitter at Matt Lombardo uh, NFL. So uh, I will tell you, I don't know much of what Matt Lombardo has done in his career one way or the other. I know he's been around for a while, but like, you know, has he been right? Has he been wrong? Don't know. You know, we know other guys that we've seen be wrong several times. You're like, okay, I don't know if I believe him. This one, I don't know. But let's just say that this makes sense that, you know, he's trying to bring back Lazard because he's a good run blocker. As you just pointed out, they want to run the ball more with Jordan Love. They got their downfield stretch guy uh, with Watson. If they don't want to bring back Cobb because they let that that contract void. So they're not bringing back Cobb. They've stated they wanted a veteran wide receiver. So Lazard would be the veteran wide receiver. So technically, outside looking in, it would make sense that they would bring back Lazard. I along with many others, struggle with paying this dude a lot of money to come back and essentially be a glorified tight end that runs routes. Um, So the question is this, how much would you pay Alan Lazard if you actually are trying to bring back Alan Lazard, which you may say no, in which case we don't have to talk about price. Your call. And this is, are we just basing this off Jordan Love's the quarterback or Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback? Because if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I could see him wanting Alan Lazard back. He always knows where Alan Lazard is going to be on third downs. And again, it would go back to Rodgers getting pissed off about letting veterans or letting guys walk away. So if he's back, I think maybe you try to get something done with Lazard. We also have to remember that they tried to get something done with MVS last year, a comparable deal. He turned it down to go play in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Let me so interrupt you. Let me or, interrupt you there. Yeah. So I had a couple of people on, on Twitter when I, this got tweeted out say, give him MVS money. I'm not giving him $10 million a year. There's no chance. MVS gives you the ability to take the top off of a defense and stretch the defense. And that's what this NF, what this league is right now is, you know, the ability to push the ball down the field. Alan Lazard doesn't give you that ability. Has he made a player to? Sure, he's made a player to before everybody starts tweeting at Sparky Radio. You're an idiot. He had a 40 yard catch. Uh, whatever. He's not MBS. He doesn't have that type of game breaking speed. So for me, I struggle with $10 million a year. Like if I'm looking at this honestly, I'm somewhere between like six and eight, maybe somewhere in that area. I don't think I'm much more than that, though. 
He'll get more. I mean, even if it's I, – I don't know, because the Bears actually, it looks like they may have a plan, and that's to surround Justin Fields or whoever their next quarterback is going to be with some talent. I don't know that they're just going to look for Packer retreads. I don't know. You know, Minnesota, though, Detroit, somebody will pay Alan Lazard probably $10, 11000000 million. They will. And I'm with you, though. I'm not giving him $10, 11000000 million. I'm not giving him MVS money because he doesn't have the ability to stretch the defense, to take the top off the defense. He is a great blocker. He's great in the LaFleur system. If he wants to take a discount and stay in Green Bay, I'm fine with that. But let's not forget, like, this guy was a practice player who was bouncing around from roster to roster. And I really liked him at Iowa State. I thought he was going to – I thought somebody should have given him a shot. But he was a practice squad player, and he only got this opportunity because nobody else could do their job. And Aaron Rodgers walked up to Matt LaFleur and said, well, let's give Lazard a shot. Or McCarthy. I can't remember what year that even was. Uh so I'm fine with Lazard coming back if that's like a Rodgers thing and they're going all in one last year because the NFC stinks and they want a Super Bowl. But if you're going to Jordan Love and you're going to do this rebuild on the fly and you have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and you want a veteran wide receiver and you're going to pay him $10 million, I know he knows the LaFleur system, but I would rather have somebody a little bit more explosive. Okay. So let me say this and tell me, agree, disagree. Back when Al Davis was the owner of the Oakland Raiders, before uh, many people listening to this podcast were alive. Uh, and his deal was, you know, just win maybe, right? So he gets all the retreads from around the league, puts him there. But he always had a, a singular belief in the wide receiver position, which is I want track stars. I ain't driving no slow yeah. dudes, right? James Lofton, Willie Gold, those type of guys, Tim Brown. He wasn't as fast as the other two, but either way, I mean, that, those were the type of players that he wanted, okay? You, said, you said Justin Fields, they got a plan to put wide receivers around him. Uh, me personally, I'm there. Like, I look at the Dolphins and go, that's how you should be building it, right? With just flat out Ooh. speed dudes. And let's see if there's enough corners that can run 4 3 in this league to keep up with four wides that all can run 4 3. Like, that would be a huge, or that's going to be a big problem for anybody trying to defend them. Yeah, I think just, I think like a lot of people just expect Green Bay with Jordan Lover. And I, I think that even you expect this. They're going to win 11, 12 games. They're going to win the NFC North. I and said, I, get, I think they can win eight or nine games at least and be a wild card contender. So if you're going to be a two, three year project here, why not just draft Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Or did you draft... listen to the last Curtin Long podcast? Yeah. Did, did you hear what I did? Yeah, I did. I made all the trades. I had the, the Ohio State trio. Including that dude, who, and I got Stroud, him, right, I, and I got the offensive lineman and said, the hell with it. Now, again, everybody could scream and yell about it being realistic or whatever, but fine. But that would be the, the burrow to the chase of the Bengals you would have in Green Bay, and you already have Watson and Dobbs to go along with it. And a rookie yeah. quarterback, yes, but he's already on the same page with his receiver. You could be in the huddle and be like, hey, dude, we're going to run this from Ohio State. All right, the rest of y'all, this is what we're running, but you and I, we're doing this. Oh, but see, that helps that rookie wide receiver when you have that chemistry with somebody. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I threw that idea. I traded for C.J. Stroud as well. Yeah. I got him at the seventh pick. And now that we're getting this Anthony Richardson steam to maybe be the number one overall pick or the first <gasps> quarterback taken. Ain't nobody that? taking that dude one. Get out of here. Who said that? His draft odds to be the number one overall pick just slipped all the way down to plus 700 only. When? Like a day and a half ago. No, come I on. I Ain't nobody taking that dude. I'm telling you right Sparky, now. I just if- Renner will come on here. I talked with Mike Renner, and he said he likes he 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 likes him. He's the second best quarterback in this draft. He likes he's nuts. That's fine. He's nuts. Anybody well, else? Said, I'm sorry. He said that about Will Levis. Don't let me put those words in his mouth. 
Will Levis, he said that about. Not Anthony. Uh, okay, Richardson. fine. Richardson, though, there is no, ch- there's no way that dude goes one. And if if the Colts, who is my other team, draft that dude at one trade up and draft him, I'm done. I'm done. I'm all done. I am done. See, I've been talking about this with my buddy who's a scout, actually, because I think Anthony Richardson absolutely stinks. I think he's a really good athlete. And he just he's like, yeah, but you like we've done this the last couple of years. People were doing this because he was really big on Josh Allen and I wasn't. And then the same thing with Jalen. Like my thing with Jalen was he's a worker. He's a hell of an athlete, but there's a whole side of the field that he can't throw to. And now he can. And that's what like my friend saying is that these guys like quarterbacks now, like back in the day, like you, if you weren't accurate, you couldn't fix that. Now these guys are fixing these things. Um they're putting no in the I'm board. still not taking him at one. I'm with you, man. I like. I want Stroud. I like. I like the Hobbit, Bryce Young. I like C.J. Stroud. To me, is can't miss. That's who I take at one. If I'm one, it's just people think just because it's that offense, those throws are so easy to make to those wide receivers. Oh, but because like, Bryce oh, Young has so a bunch of stamps at wide receiver in Alabama to throw to. Get out of here, Come actually, on. Bryce Young. Those those receivers he had last year did stay. I it's still Alabama wide receivers. It ain't Wisconsin. All right, I'm with you. Alan Lazard is a fun guy, like, in in an offense. I'm with you. He's $5, 6000000 million. He's a practice squad type player that got lucky that he played with Aaron Rodgers, and he's not fast enough. He's I want speed. I'm with you. I want four, three burners. I want to be the Miami Dolphins offense. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no question. All right, next one. This is a fun one. Ian Hartz, Pro Football Focus, or was. Today's his last day as we record this on Friday. Uh, put out a fun tweet uh, the other day. Uh, when was this? Uh, yesterday, I guess it was. I don't know. A free agent wide receiver landing spots per sources. He's a source. Uh, so let's start here. I'm not going to give you the one for Green Bay to last. Juju Smith-Schuster to the Giants. Do you like that matchup? Providing the $45 million man Daniel Jones is the quarterback. Not really, to be honest. With Joking, you. of course. All right, so you don't like that one. McCole yeah. Hardman to the Bills. I do like that. I think that's exactly what the Bills need. They need some speed. They need a number two wide receiver, or if it's going to be Gabe, Gabe Davis as the number two wide receiver, he needs to be the number three. That's what they need, though. They need some help. You can't be picking Cole Beasley off the street week 16. Don't you year. need better than Gabe Davis at this point? The Bills, yeah. I think they need Odell Beckham Jr. if he's healthy. All right, he's on this list. We're, he's coming at you. Next yeah. up, the Bears, Jacoby Myers. Mm, really? Like, no. I mean, I'm trying to evaluate and see what I have in Justin Fields. Jacoby Myers is nice, but the Bears have to be thinking bigger. They've been a embarrassment pretty much for the last two decades, other than a few years here and there. They need to go out and do something big, trade for T. Higgins, which probably isn't going to happen, but no. I don't like that fit for them. All right, DJ Chark, L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I kind of like that for the Chargers. I do. The Chargers need more because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen just can't stay healthy for an entire season. And I like the other guys they have. I think that would be a really good fit for him. Odell Beckham Jr., the Dallas Cowboys. With C.D. So I really like that because CeeDee Lamb had a he had 100 catches this year, but I just don't know that he's a number one wide receiver that you want playing on the outside. I'd rather move him around, have him in the slot. I would like Odell Beckham Jr. if healthy with Dallas. I, that's what they need, though. It didn't make any sense that they traded away Amari Cooper. They just didn't have any playmakers, and it looks like they might uh, might lose Tony Pollard and have to pay washed-up Zeke. So, yeah, I love that fit for them. If You definitely don't franchise tag Tony Pollard, Cowboys. Do not do that. I think uh, okay. they should cut Zeke. 
and cuts it. I don't know what his dead cap number is. 12 million. I looked it up. He is awful. Oh, that's not bad. 12 million is not a horrible dead cap. No. And you could actually split it for the next two years. Right. Six six or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next one. This guy's old. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Baltimore. God. If Lamar does, if they do bring back Lamar and that's what they give him, that's just a slap in the face because they're never, ever, ever going to surround him with any talent. Then I like Landry, like this stage in his career though. Right. He's old. No. Yeah. I don't love that fit. This next one. I love providing he can stay healthy because he hasn't been healthy. The majority of his time and brief time in the NFL, Paris Campbell Colts to Kansas city. Oh yeah, anybody to Kansas City I like because Andy Reid will figure out a plan for him. You won't see him for three weeks, and then he'll have eight receptions for two touchdowns, 160 yards because Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever play the position. I do like that fit. All right, next one. Sterling Shepard. Two, a team that may go to full rebuild and trade everybody. Don't know. The Tennessee Titans. God, can Sterling Shepard ever just stay healthy? That's another one. They're going to lose Robert Woods. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. I would like. I would like him in Green Bay with no. Matt, with Matt Lafleur no. if Aaron Rodgers is back. Not no. if Jordan rebuilt. No. He's that. no different than Sammy Watkins. Dude can never be healthy. He's he, different than Sammy Watkins. He, they can't stay healthy. He's not healthy. He's never healthy. No, I don't want him. All right, next. Um, one. So, I, I don't. I don't care about that one. Alan Lazard to the horseshoes. The Colts. Oh, God, really? Like, they don't have any wide receivers who could create any separation already. They need speed. Michael Pittman is not that guy. No, like, that's what I'm saying. You're going to have Pittman and then Lazard? I, no. Agreed. I don't want Lazard's slow butt in Indianapolis either. But, having said that, if they're going to go back to running the football, that's what they're going to try and do, then it does make sense, right? Because he can run block. That's his best attribute. Here's the Packers. I've brought this up before. And it says, in parentheses, once he's cut, so technically he's still under contract by a team, but it says once he's cut, Michael Thomas. With the Packers? <laughs> Look at your eyebrows raised to your hairline. Yes, to the Packers. F yes, please, for the <laughs> love of God. I mean, he's never healthy, but I just don't think he wants to be there. I, I don't I just, think so either. I no. think he just, like, wants a change of scenery, yes. and then he's the guy. It was like when Randy Moss, like, you know, when we went to the Raiders and he just didn't want to be there, and everybody's like, Moss is cooked. And then he goes to New England and he breaks every record. I think he's going to have a huge year, Michael Thomas. And I think D-Hop is going to have a monster year. And if Green Bay wants to just give me a gift and go all in just one last time with my guy, Aaron Rodgers, as you see here, bring Rodgers home. Uh, literally bring him home from that dark cave. Just like get him into some light. <laughs> get him in front of like the office. Some 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 Frasier, some Seinfeld friends. I don't know, like some lighthearted. You know what Rodgers needs? Post this clip. Rodgers needs a buddy, like a real friend, though. Not these fake Miles Teller Hollywood actors. That's not what Aaron Rodgers needs. He doesn't need these podcasters. He doesn't need to be playing shirtless basketball, doing deadlifts on a boat, eating peyote. He needs a good buddy like myself. He comes over here on a Saturday. My wife cooks us some dinner. He plays with my son a little bit. They play some video games, some lighthearted time. And then me and him, we watch some XFL. We watch a little UFC. Maybe we throw on like Lethal Weapon 2. We go to a bar, get a burger, have some wings. He needs just some like somebody like 
Cobb and Jordy Nelson and these guys. Cobb's they, got a family with kids. That, that they, team do the same. They need to take this guy on a real guy's trip. He needs to be hanging out with like TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, AJ Hawk, some good old boys. I don't care. Like have him hang out with the young guys. Jair, like, like you know, Rashad and Gary, they could take him out, eat some edibles or something. But he needs just some like real guy time because these goofballs that he's hanging out with, man, that's the problem. <laughs> I think he just needs some good old-fashioned American fun. We'll take him to Polecats. We'll stop at Pertillo's, get him an Italian beef. Oh, my God. He'll, you're drunk. Out of girl. he'll wake up. He'll meet a normal girl. Like, <laughs> not a witch doctor. Like, here's Kelly. You know, like Kelly from accounting. Listen He's to really me. He's never been married, no kids. But this is a conversation, though, for real, right? He yeah. can't date a real girl. It's not possible. Okay. Because he'll never trust a real girl that's not in it for his money or not in it because he's Aaron Rodgers. Like he'll never ever going forward date just some waitress from from a, uh, some random restaurant or date a nurse at the local hospital in Green Bay or whatever. Like he can't because he's never going to be able in his mind probably to trust that she's not dating him because he's Aaron Rodgers, right? There's no chance that's going to happen. So what happens? As you call them goofballs. That's what he gets put down with. He's dated athletes like Danica, right? He's dated actresses like Olivia Munn. I mean, he's gone through the gauntlet of all these different walks of famous life people to date and seemingly it it hasn't worked out yet. And maybe he'll never get married. Maybe he'll be single his whole life, whatever the case may be. But all I'm saying is when you're a superstar at that level and you haven't been dating your girl since like high school or college before you made it rich and famous – very, very difficult to go find some normal person to date yeah. because in the back of your mind, you're always going to be wondering, is she with me just because of what I do and how much I'm worth? Yeah. And That's I do want to say, like, with, like, the, the retreat and stuff, like, you know, I'm, I'm half joking here. And with Rogers, like, I give him a lot of credit for coming out and talking about his mental health. I think that that stuff is really important. And I hate how, like, as a society and even on social media, we're all like, yeah, this is really important. We want to hear about people's mental health and people speak out about these kind of things. But then Rogers doesn't do it to like every, he does it a different way. And we all rip him and throw him under the bus. That's not what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, good for him. But I'm just saying like these people that he hangs out with, I just, I don't know that I trust them. I don't trust that Aubrey guy at all. I listened to all four hours of that podcast, why I have no idea. And I like follow this guy on Instagram. He seems like, like one of those dudes, you know what I mean? Like a, like a snake oil salesman kind of guy. Like he's up to no good. You know, I mean, like he got so many views. Did anybody know who the hell that guy really was before? Aaron I still Walker? don't know who he is and I still didn't listen to it. So yeah, I don't like Rogers hanging out with those dudes. He needs, he needs to be hanging out with the old guys like me. It's me and him on a Saturday know. night watching our battle Hawks. Like, I, I don't know if he'd want to watch the Battle Hawks. I don't know if he'd want to watch XFL. Like, that, I would oh, like to know that. Watch, you watch Dune? I don't no, know. but this is what I would like to know, though, since you brought it up. Like, for real, Rogers, like, what do you do when you're home, cold and lonely by yourself? Yeah. What are you watching on TV? Do you watch TV? Do you I know watch the movies? Like, what's your go-to to watch you to know. make you smile and make you laugh and, and have a good time? Like, everybody's got that go-to movie they love watching a hundred times or that go-to TV show that they record and watch a hundred times. Like, what is, what's that show for Rogers that gets him excited where, you know, some guys can like recite like every line of Seinfeld or oh. uh, whatever. Like, what's that for Rogers? No, he has he talked about it. No, he has that. He has. He's a big fan of The Office. He loves The Office. Perfect. He used he used to be a big South Park fan. 
And uh, we all know, obviously, he loves Happy Gilmore. We see his battles with Shooter yeah. McGavin on social media. Remember Rodgers just – I love that. Remember that ESPN article that came out years ago about Rodgers, about how he was, like, goofy? But it was all in just, like – it made me love the guy even more off the field. Like, the fake fraternity that he was involved in, and they go to the frat party. Like, he used to just be, like, a just a dude. I mean, you still see that. Like, him and David Bakhtiari rolling around on the golf cart. He still seems like he's like one of the guys, but then like the off season hits and we see him traveling around in robes and, you know, he's staying in dark castles, which again, like if that's what he needed to do for his mental health, good for him. It's just some of this stuff. I just almost wish I just like some of it. I just wish he kept to himself because then for like, people have to like text me about it and tweet at me like, Oh, what's wrong with your boy? I'm like, all right, he's my favorite quarterback. He's not my son. Like if my son right. is going staying in a dark cave, I'm going to worry a little bit. But like you said, mental health, right? So he's got to do whatever he's got to do to get himself right, right? Right. And everybody has their own thing that they do. Some people do nothing. Some people just go along life and don't do anything necessarily. Some people do yoga, right? Some people do meditation. Some people go see a therapist, whatever. Everybody's got their different ways of coping with what is going on in their life one way or the other and trying to find their center point or whatever it is that, that Rogers is trying to do at this point. Either way, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, coming up here with Aaron Rodgers and where he decides to go. I, I will say again, I think he's safe. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'll be a member of the Green Bay Packers, and Packer Nation will be all mad and frustrated that they are not going to get to see Jordan Love uh, one more time. Ryan Horvath, any big plans uh, for the weekend? Oh, Spark, I just hope I don't die, to be honest. With you. That, like, <laughs> my, <laughs> well, behind the scenes. Oh, my God. I was like, finally, like, I, I came up with a plan to like maneuver myself into the studio. And so I did two studio shows this week. And then all of a sudden, everybody in my entire studio, other than Nick Eshoo, gets sick. And I'm thinking, oh, great, because I'm taking these like steroids that eliminate my immune system and don't right. protect me from anything. And then I wake up a couple of days ago, throwing up, and I caught the oh. norovirus, which I had to Google. You had had this, you told yeah, me. Yeah, we've had it everybody, So pretty much everybody, like my bosses, everybody caught it in D.C. So, of course, I got that. So I'm limping around, throwing up, just brutal. That is horrible. So hopefully this weekend, just back to normal. I, I just want to, like, be able to eat meals, sit on my couch, enjoy myself yeah you definitely won't be uh, playing basketball or running on the peloton I, that much i do know all right horvath thank you so much follow him on twitter at ryan horvath bet mgm tonight weeknights on the betql radio network him nick Ashu, and trista crick check him out have a good weekend everyone again monday jacob westendorf uh we will talk with him coming up on monday and westendorf obviously uh one of the two guys uh that does his deal with jacob morley and jacob morley uh, we've had uh, numerous times I've interviewed a ton uh, on the Wendy's Big Show on 1250amthefan.com. You can go listen to the interviews there as well. They put out a great draft guide. Uh, so we'll talk some draft with Jacob Westendorf coming up on Monday. Have a good one. Toodles.